Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 203. I'm Ed Hawkins. The Hot Hot Ashes series has been cranked up. It's 2-1 Australia with two to play. Sam Collins sweating at the ferocity of the battle or are you as cool as Harry Brook in that run chase? Uh, somewhere between the two, perhaps, Hawkins, on this, this muggy Monday. But um, welcome along to the Cobb, everybody, the Ashes betting hub. We could not have wished for a cooler customer to dissect um, this, uh, this, this scenario than, um, than the England batting legend Ian Bell, who, of course, was, used to ace such chases in his uh, esteemed test career. Welcome back, Ian Bell. How are you? Good, Sam. How are you, everyone? Very well. Thank you very well. Um, yes, we'll be updating you all with the latest news, views and analysis, what it means for the markets that count. And as ever, um, we are joined by Paul Krishnamurti as well of betting.betfair. Hello, Paul Krishnamurti. Hi, Sam. Hello, hello. And sportinglives.com's Richard Mann returns having thankfully dis- been dissuaded from a one-man Leeds pitch invasion. Hello, Richard. It was class. Hello, Sam. Hello, hello. Um, right, um, Hawkins, uh, you're going to tell us what we've got on the show in a second. Uh, but first, a warning to our guests, your feet will be held to the fire. At the end of the show, I want a series score predictions from all of you, please. No hiding or fence sitting. Uh, now, Hawkins, over to you. Yeah, listen to questions, the law this week from Twitter at Cricket Betting. We also look at the series outright, series correct score, player markets and Ian Bell. Tell us the technical and psychological know-how about what's going on with these players in this terrific series. Plus, we'll have an early look at those Old Trafford fourth test odds. Lovely stuff. Thanks, Hawkins. Right, series prices for you right now. Um, Betfair exchange prices after the thriller in Leeds, which unless you've been living under a rock, was won by England. Um, England are currently 5.7, Australia 1.45. The draws at sevens. Um, a question now for Ian Bell. Um, have you uh, you retained the faith in your team? But are we going to get carried away now? We're going to get carried away. It's um, a good question. Oh, look, it was a great performance. I think we all talked about the impact of Mark Wood and, and what we've missed really in the first two Test matches. So to have him available, if he's available for Manchester and gets through, you know, as nine days isn't the recovery time. So I'm hoping if he's available, it makes a big impact again on the series. Um, you look just good to be 2-1 now and, and you've got to believe, haven't you? So you know, let's hope Old Trafford can live up to that. Uh, I do, do think the conditions do help. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think Australia look forward to getting there. It's different conditions completely to, to Headingley where the ball did swing and seam. So, um, yeah, fascinating to see how that does pan out. OK, Hawkins, I know you're a big one for removing emotion from betting. Um, no room for patriotism for you, I'd imagine. How, as an Englishman, do you, do you seek to avoid the noise? Uh, well, probably don't buy any newspapers with red tops on, uh, and not just because of the cricket coverage. But um, I think what is true now in a test series, in a long test series, isn't necessarily true in a week's time or in uh, two weeks' time. And I thought England were, were terrific in Leeds, uh, but I am worried about the fitness of their players. Uh, Stokes doesn't look fit. He's hobbling around even when he's batting now. Uh, Broad is going to have to roll back the years if he's going to play all five tests uh, and talking to Ian earlier uh, for his column with betting.betfair we don't think Bell uh, we don't think Wood is going to play uh, both tests the remaining tests in this series so uh, England are going to be ending with a different attack to the one they've got now uh, which has just won them a test match um, and also just looking at the numbers that 
some of these bowlers have got in their legs. Broad, Robinson, Anderson have bowled 297 overs. That's 20 more combined than Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood and Boland. So what is true now may not be true in two weeks' time. Okay. Um, yeah. On that point, question question from a listener, and there will be more of these to come during the show. Sam Bottomley asks, whose bowling unit is in a better position in terms of workload? Can Broad play all five, and should Broad play all five? Ian, that one is for you. Well, I think Broad has to play every time that Warner plays. He has to play. There's no doubt. I mean, that is a massive start, and how you start Test matches and. Certainly with the new ball, um, getting early wickets is key. So I think while Broad, well, what like I said, while they keep picking Warner, Broad has to play and he's doing the job. I think I do like the balance now. And at least, um, you know, as Ed's just said there, I mean, without Stokes, or he does look like he's creaking at the moment, it doesn't look great. But I think the balance of having Moen at seven, Wokes at eight, allows them to have those extra balls. So that's not as much of a worry that Stokes isn't bowling. And it looks better without Broad at eight with the bat. So... That looks good and it does give an extra few bowlers. And I would have thought that Stokes will be lining up to bowl at some point in these next two test matches. I just think the broad Warner thing's a massive start and, and it, it just gets the crowd going. Everyone knows about it. It's a psychological battle the Warner hasn't got over and I don't think he will get over. So it's it's a must, isn't it, really? I don't think you can leave Broad out in that next test match. I think Ollie Robinson will be left out personally for Anderson and then they'll go in with the same 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 side. I think that'll be pretty much what it is. Okay, well, actually, that, that, that preempts almost another question that we've got for you from Leon Sachs, who's, who asks, who bats three for England in the next test, or will they continue sacrificing Moeen there? Um, he also asks, will folks come in, or is it simply Anderson for Robinson? I think you've answered that one, but let's talk about number three. Um, I, what, 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 do you, what do you think the future is? Yeah, I think like three is probably a harder question, really. I think like, and the balance of the team is exactly the same for the next game. Um, Will they start with Brooke at three in the first innings and maybe change it around if there's a run chase, potentially? Um, I don't think there's any solution yet. I mean, my favourite solution would be Root to go to three because I think he's our best player. I think send him out. What's three and four? What's the difference? I know he has a big thing about batting four. That's my preferred option. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. But there is no real solution. Like Stokes could do, but then you, you miss out on the the match-winning performances at five, six. If they Probably if you're asking Cummins, he'd rather bowl at, Stokes with a new ball, the chance of getting him out is higher. And then we lose the match winning potential at the end. So there's no, I think these next two test matches are going to have to find something, find a way. My preferred is Root. I just don't see that's going to happen. So I think Brook maybe first innings and then they'll make shift if it's right left hand on a run chase. You know, I think that's the reason why Moen went in as well. I know he was talks that he wanted to go in, but I think it's down to right left hand. What about, what about Johnny, Ian? You know, in the sense that he seems quite, you know, at the moment, we're getting the worst out of him. You know, his keeping, you know, is obviously not quite there at the moment. And in terms of batting, he feels a bit hidden away at seven. Yeah, it's potential. I don't necessarily think it's easy for keepers to, you know, if we if we suddenly bowl first and, and Australia get it right with the bat, to ask him to bat three, I think is a particularly hard thing to do. There is no perfect solution, I don't think, at the moment with, with number three. I think we're just going to have to find a way. I mean, he could do it, but it's marginal. I think that the difference is, you know, there's no perfect answer, I don't think. My my preferred, as I said, I think the best answer is Joe Root. And then everyone just moves up one. Um, but I don't think with Rooty, I think that's going to happen at all. OK, thanks, Ian. Um, excellent stuff. As always, quick reminder, 
to you, the listener, that Ian Bell will be providing exclusive analysis for betting.betfair via his column throughout the series. So do also check out his in-place session updates during each test. Right. Um, another question now from Rafe Garrett. Why shouldn't folks bat three? He's got two first-class thumbs this year. Anybody want to take that? Well, I mean, he's not going to play. Um, so, I mean, that's why he's not going to bat three. Uh, but, no, I, I think take the, we take the point about, you know, Bairstow's keeping. I think that's what the point that Ray's probably trying to get at. Um, that you could yep. come in and bat there. I mean, Besto could bat three potentially, and, and folks keep wicket. But then uh, you're losing your all round, you know, the all round in um, Besto. So that's an issue for them. But I did want to come back on, on something about uh, the fast bowlers, uh, which Ian may be able to help with. Um, somebody like Broad is he really hurting after these back to back tests? I mean, after the fourth test, I mean, they have to strap him up. Push him out the door to get him going again. Is or is it? You know, is 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 he the type of character that is really going to be suffering in that fifth test, or will he relish it? Uh, and will he still be as good as he can be in that fifth, as opposed to say that like, second or third? I, I think he'll be absolutely fine, Broadie, for this next one. There's ten days, pretty much. If they, you know, batting on the last day, that's ten days until the next test match of no bowling. So I think he'll be absolutely fine. The, the question will be, I mean, Brody will know more than him. Will we see him after this series? You know, if he, he's had a brilliant series, he might call it the time at the end of this. So I'd have thought he's chomping a bit to play every single game for England. You know, I think the reality is we're not going to see Broad and Anderson forever. You know, I would have thought they want to play every minute of cricket they can, certainly in this series, um, because we don't know what's going to happen, do we, after this one? They might both carry on. They both, both might not. So I'd imagine knowing Brody and both of them, every minute of this series, that's for sure. You get the sense that he's all over the top order, Broad, don't you? He, even Labashin's not lining him up. Smith's having issues. I just, I can't. He'd have to be seriously unfit not to play at the over. Like, Stuart Broad epitomises Ashes cricket, doesn't he? His best performances have come in Ashes cricket. Jimmy's probably haven't, if we're being honest. I, I think he's got to play. I think the plan was to rest him for this one and Jimmy come back in originally. But Broad has just bowled so well. I, I, he's probably been England's player of the series. I just can't see him not playing all five. Okay, okay. Um, let's move on and let's have a look at the correct score series markets. Um, I think I'm right in recalling that Ed Hawkins is on both teams to win 3-2. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti has had a bit of that. And also 4-1 Australia. Richard Mann's on the 2-2 draw. Um, Betfair exchange prices for you. 3.15 Australia, 3-2 is the current favourite. 5.7 Australia to win 4-1. England to win 3-2 is the same price. Uh, the draw is two point, is, sorry, draw two all is at sevens. Um, Eddie Rivers, the five-point challenge champ with four weeks returned, asks, as if by magic, how is the best way to play the series score market? And that one is going to Paul Krishnamurti. Okay, so you mentioned um, the bets we've got. So I've got, I will win as long as it isn't a draw in this series. But throughout, the game that has always worried me is Manchester. You know, I lived there for 10 years. It rains every day. Right? <laughs> and I've just looked at the 14-day weather forecast on um, BBC. And guess what? Every single day for 14 days, there is rain forecasts. Right? So I think that some kind of saving has to be in order. And I think I've found an angle. Now, if you lay 3-2 to England and 4-1 to Australia 
at 5.8, that means you are laying one side to win, assuming there is a result at Old Trafford, would be laying one of the two sides at 2.9 in the last test, which is not a terrible position to be in because generally they're going off 2.5. It depends how that goes. You take a small loss. But of course, if it is a draw, you win both bets. You win both um, 3-2 and 4-1. So I think that is in itself a good bet right now at those odds. And I think that looking at the weather forecast, there's a good chance a draw is going to come in. I'd also say that there's a the batting first at Old Trafford. You see a lot of big scores. Three of the last seven have been 450 plus. So again, you probably want to keep the draw on side at this point in time. Um, so yeah, I would just say do those two bets. Lay three two in on 5.7 and lay four one Australia at 5.7 and take it from there. Okay. Thanks very much, Paul. Um, Ian, you were on three two England. Um, are you still feeling like that? And please don't be afraid to jump ship. No, I'm I'm still feeling. I think this, um, you know, as Paul's just said there, actually I felt in terms of a surface as well. This was England's biggest challenge now against Australia. I think Australia are quite suited to Old Trafford. It's abrasive. It's hard. It's a different soil to a lot of the other venues we go to. I don't think you can just make Old Trafford a green seamer like we saw at Headingley. And it gen- I never felt like a swinging ground like Headingley either. So I thought more suited to Australian conditions. So this will be the big one. If England can get through this, then we are teed up for a special game at the Oval, which again I think goes back into England's favour. Um, so yeah, this this is huge. But I'm still I'm still believing, that, um, especially if Mark Woods fit and, and fresh and raring to go. I think he is a huge difference um, in both teams. That pace, 96 miles an hour, that that makes everyone jump around. So that that looks. So different, just made us look a different team. If, if, yeah. if all things being equal, then given what you've just said, if you could only have Wood for one test, forget the scoreline for for a minute, mm. would you prefer him at Manchester then? Given what you've just said, I think you have to have him at Manchester. You can't rest him, and then the, the oval becomes irrelevant. I think you have to play him. I think, yeah, there's no doubt. I think this could be pretty flat. Um, the impressive thing with Wood in the last game is he bowled it that high pace but he was swinging the ball I mean that, I thought that was perfect conditions to play Australia in sideways movement you know that's typical English conditions which I think exploits the bat- the Australian batting techniques when it does get flat that's where it becomes harder there's no sideways movement so I'm hoping this pitch will have something in it that's why we, we definitely need wood at this game we need the express pace 100% okay okay no one got anything else to add to that well look, lest we be accused of uh, English bias by our, our very delicate opponents. Um, I think we maybe should look at Australia quickly. Um, they've got some of their issues of their own, Ian. Uh, Todd Murphy, not really trusted. David Warner's poor form continues. Likewise, Marnus Labuschagne, Scott Boland's disappointed. Um, what do you see their lineup looking like at Old Trafford? Do you see significant changes? Uh, I think they'll, I mean, they, they will argue they've won three games out of four since they've been here, so they won't panic. I don't. I don't think there'll be mass changes. I don't see Warner changing really. Hazelwood, I think, will come back in. Um, no doubt, I think they'll change that. I don't think um, they looked as potent, you know, outside of Cummins and Stark. Um, so I think that. And Murphy's just a young spinner, isn't he? There's no doubt. You're right. They didn't look like they had the confidence, but he's only played a handful of games. They're not going to have the same confidence as they did in, in Lions. So I, I don't think I mean I imagine that's the conversation and, and I thought Cummins spoke well in his press conference about momentum they're still 2-1 up at the end of the day and having been in situations I think you know 2011 when we won in Australia 
You know, I think we went one nil up, lost in Perth. But actually, we, we still felt like, you know, again, at Melbourne and Sydney, they were the games we targeted to win. So I think Australia will be pretty confident. You know, it's still all on England to make all the plays, isn't it? England have to be perfect in the next two games to, to win the Ashes. So, yeah, I don't think Australia will panic and I don't think we'll see massive changes. I mean, the Mitch Marshall was quite an interesting one. I thought he was outstanding with the bat. Uh, and I don't think Cameron Green looked anything low, close. But I think his, Cameron Green's bowling is something quite nice to have as the four-seamer. But, you know, Mitch Marsh with the bat was, was standing. OK, um, Rich Mann, I'm just going to give you, clear you a little bit of space here to, um, to, to tell us all about your, uh, your winners on the 30th test. Oh, we weren't going to mention that. Yeah, we had three three winners last week. Uh, Matt Wood topping Lombardo at three to one. Uh, Stokes were first innings 50 at 11 to five. He's really bang, great tempo at the moment. And, and the sell on Kawaja as well in the first innings. So great week, really good week. Just picking up on Ian about you know, Australia team news. I'll stick with Marsh. Um, but I think Green will come in with Marsh for the oval. Um, give them an extra bowling option. And I think at that point, if Warner hasn't made runs, he will go back to lose one. Obviously, if Warner makes runs in Manchester, um, if they're not using the spin, that's the big issue. Headingley was really a look into the future for Australian cricket. And without Nathan Lyon, it got a little bit ugly, didn't it? I mean, he's we're seeing now what a wonderful job he's done. He just holds and end up in the first inning and balls teams out in the second. What a performer he's been, and and what's, what's the old saying? You're a better player when you're out of the team, and and we really saw what they're missing there. That's a big issue because I, don't forget Cummins is going to have to play six games uh, in space of what seven or eight weeks. It's not like the England bowlers, um, you know, five match series. I know they played Ireland, but it was a, a different intensity, wasn't it? So Cummins and Stark in particular, they're, they're going to have to shoulder a lot of overs in the next couple of tests. Um, if Murphy doesn't step up. So that would be my biggest concern. If one of those breaks, Boland's looked pretty ineffective, hasn't he? And Hazelwood's quite fragile. Um, obviously, we're talking about the, the workload for Anderson and Broad. Um, and Robinson obviously has broke down already, but Australia could break as well over the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, continuing our theme of self-congratulation, because if we don't, who will? Um, Hawkins, uh, you and Paul Krishnamurti combined nicely for the app for the Betfair Exchange Twitter account in play for the third test. That service will be available for the fourth test, of course. Um, what are we learning in play? And, and I'll come to you first, Hawkins, and then Paul, you can chime in and contradict him afterwards. Uh, well, I'm going to still be talking about laying the draw. I know Paul's mentioned it previously, particularly in first innings. If we do get some of those first innings runs that Paul mentioned, it's going to shorten up pretty prohibitively, I had a thought. So no problems with that. And just a couple of fancy things in play, which we've spoken about throughout the series. Um, and nod to Richard Mann, who first mentioned it, the uh, fall of next wicket being a, a stumping where Todd Murphy is on. Uh, he's 35 to 1. I'm sure England are going to try to attack him again, try to hit him out of the attack. So there's, there's value there. Also, uh, check out uh, the Betfair Sportsbook prices in play for his over. Uh, runs you can normally go over about 2.5 runs in his over around about 10 to 11 just a couple of fancy ones to make a note of okay paul so i was just saying first three things first of all this really has been the perfect trading series if you wanted to teach someone how to trade cricket in running this has been it just swings the momentum swing constantly in each innings um 
And I know it's a simplistic thing to say that high, lay low, but it really does work a treat. If you take the chase yesterday, um, every time England put any sort of partnership together, even 10 runs, the odds just collapsed, right? And then the wicket happens and they go right back out again and you can more or less double your money just out of that trade if you get it right. For example, when Root win, England were 1.13 before that and they went out to 1.4 with that wicket. So you more than double in that time. Um, and on the same kind of theory, the runs markets, I say it every time, always bet odds against. Never take the odds on ones, never take par lines, because the, the market overreacts. Um, I think Ed mentioned in one of his pieces at Lords that the, the, um, the market moves up, it just moves with the scoreboard. It doesn't take into account the context. So if you take, say, a couple of examples, um, at Lords, when England were, had a long tail, you know, Broad was in at eight, when they just the wicket for that, um, four two five was par, but you could have got like five to one on under three seven five. You could have got about ten to one, fourteen to one under three fifty. Comes in at three two five. Um, again, the Australian first innings, we knew again they had a big tail. I mean, maybe we didn't know that Wood was going to terrorise the tail in the way he did, but it was a factor. And during the Head Marsh partnership, you could have got a hundred to one under two seven five. You could have got at 20 to 1 under 300, comes in 263. So really, yeah, once again, you've just got to always back the extremes in cricket, especially when you've got a, a well-matched, two well-matched teams like this. It's almost inevitable that the market's just going to go up and down. OK, thank you very much, Paul. Um, Ian, coming back to you, two tests to go. Who are the players who are going to make the difference on the batting side, um, do you think? I think now we're getting to I mean, the crunch time. I, I still see the, well, you'd like to think the world-class players, the top players are going to start making an impact. You think Smith, who's got a great record at Old Trafford, is going to have to step in at some point. He'll be disappointed again, the way he got out second innings in particular. So you'd imagine he will want to have a say at um, Old Trafford and you feel Joe Root's missed out a couple of times now since that first 100 uh, edge baston. So you feel like he's due something. Uh, and then this is Warner. I think Warner, maybe this could be, you know, he has to get runs this test match as well. He has to make an impact for Australia up front. If he doesn't, as we said, there could be some changes at, old, uh, at the Oval for the last test match. So, I mean, there's a number of, you know, there's a number of different, I think but situations happening, isn't it? But I expect at some point these world the top players, which I put Root and um and Smith at different level to majority of the batters. Um this is the time now that they're gonna stand up and this is what you get remembered for in Ashes series. How how do you quickly um you know come to Marnus very quickly in a second, but how do you make sense of, of Smith's poor second innings record? Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I don't I don't know, is that generally around the world? Is it I mean I mean, in Australia, they obviously bat heavy, don't they? First innings in general, a lot of the stuff that they win at home is always big first innings runs. Um, I don't know, he looked frustrated, didn't he, in that second innings at Heading in particular. I don't know whether he was annoyed with the slow tempo of, of what was going on before him. It felt like he he expected them, when certainly when Moen came on, to be more aggressive and expansive. And it looked like he was frustrated with other players, certainly the batters that had gone in before him, which you rarely see with Smith. He just gets his own little bubble and he plays his own little way. Um, but they looked at frustration, and I think that was to do with the tempo of the Australia were batting in that second innings. Well, you know, on that, Marnus, I mean, we've been saying he's going to come good for a while, but he looks a bit of a, a shell at the moment as a guy we've, we've seen over the last few years. What, what's up with that? 
Yeah, I mean, again, I, you look at his numbers and you suggest he's world class, like like with Smith. But I think it's one hundred, isn't it, outside Australia? That suggests that actually that that isn't world class in terms of that's brilliant at home. It's world class at home, but actually he has to start addressing that. Smith's done it around the world. He does it in India. He does it in England, wherever he scores runs. Labashain at the moment hasn't. He's got a great record at home, which is fine. But at the moment, he hasn't done it in Ashes in England. So that, that'll be something that uh, the pressure now in the next two games on him. We keep saying he's going to come good, but actually uh, overseas, he hasn't come good consistently. So it's an area of probably concern for Australia at home. Brilliant record away, question marks. OK, uh, Richard Mann, Paul Krishnamurti. Uh, players to follow, please, and related series odds. Uh, Richard, you first. I think the top England series on score, Mark, is a fascinating one. Stokes is 72 clear of Ben Duckett at the moment and 77 clear of Joe, who, who, who's you know still going to be the, the man that everyone expects to lead the way in the next couple of tests. But Stokes' terrific record at Old Trafford average is 52. He's got a 100 at the Oval before. And as we've said all along in this series, he's found a really good tempo to his batting. I know he's so strong mentally and he's very good with the tail, but I think it's about tempo with Stokes and he's found that now. I, and just a couple of interesting points. I'm interesting quickly to hear what Ian says. Now, Yoke's got a really good record at these two grounds, but in Australia, he averages 35. Cummins has got a fantastic record against him, as has Hazelwood. Rabada, another big, tall guy who gets the ball through. Now, technically, Joe is a fantastic player. He grew up in Sheffield, but he does like to play the ball late, let the swing come to him and glide it down to third man. But on quick pitches, i.e. in Australia, that can get you in trouble because the Knicks carry soft hands even, the Knicks carry. And I just wondered, before I'd looked at the stats, whether Cummins in particular would fancy getting him out at Old Trafford and at the Oval. But then you look at his numbers at those grounds and it's pretty good. I think Duckett's in real trouble, by the way, with more pace and bounce here. I, 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 he struggled at Headingley, whereas on the slower pitch at Lords, he was fine. Um, so I, I worry about Duckett, but I don't know what he thought about Rue, uh, Ian. Uh, Richard, you're right. I think actually my, my visual remember, I remember being at Old Trafford where Hazelwood and Cummins did Joe on the inside. And I, I do think it's a ground that they all bowl well at. Out of all the venues, the tall guys, Hazelwood, Cummins will hit the pitch hard like they do in Australia. And then this will be a ground that's to suit them. So that is a concern. And we do need Joe to bat well. Like you said, he's got a good record. But actually, these are two bowlers that do have a, when they get it right up early in his innings, can can get him out. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe a, a tiny little sell on it on, on Joe. Actually, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Cummings has really got his number um, big. They're back your length out those two guys, and I think they could cause Joe a lot of problems. Maybe I'll be back in Stokes, top England batsman in that innings. Yeah, certainly, first innings Joe is um, uh, has a has a better record second innings than he does first innings. Uh, the opposite of Smith, which is last two years. I know we mentioned it earlier. Uh, his average is coming down now. Last two years, to almost, it's all, it'll be almost under twenty at the moment. I think around about the twenty mark. But from what you're both saying, is Zach Crawley not not valuing the for top batsmen as well? Presumably, too many starts for me. He, he's looked really good as Zach actually, but he's been a little bit more conservative than than what Brendan asked for. Brendan asked for him to be inconsistent but play the odd match winning innings. And actually, in this series, he's made lots of handy cameos. Um, which has actually got us off to some good starts, but um, it's probably not what Brendan said we would get from him. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, any, anyone for you? Yeah, I mean, the guys have already mentioned that Stuart Broad really is an obvious, obvious bet. His record at Old Trafford is outstanding. Last five matches there, averages six wickets per match. Um, and if you want to bet, that's one for 
over 2.5 Stuart Broad first innings wickets at five to six. That's one five in a row. Um, and also for, the, for, for all of those reasons, plus the fact that he's had a fantastic series and he's dominating the Aussie top order, 12 to one player in the series looks definitely a bit of value for me. Um, and just one other thing on the top series batsman, I noticed there's quite a big uh, differential between the exchange and sportsbook on Usman Khawaja. Um, he's odds on on the sportsbook, but you can get nearly 6-4, 2.48. I would say that's pretty solid value given that he's got a big head start and he's an opener. Okay, um, thanks, Paul. Ian, um, slightly different question for you this time. Give us some insider insight, please, into how player of the series is selected. Um, when you were playing, was it what was a coach and captain get together, nop- nominate an opposition player, and then team series winner decides it? What, what's the story on that? Yeah, well, I, I don't even know if captain gets involved. And what I remember is both coaches from each team will, you know, both obviously there'll be a player of the series, but each team will have someone who's played the series for both teams. But I understood it was the opposition coach that would that would vote. I don't think it would go to players or captains or anything like to to have a say really, unless I just was never included in those conversations. Okay, okay, thank you very much. Right. Um, <laughs> Four of the last five player of the series has been won by the top run scorer from the winning team. Um, so I suppose no point in backing Mark Wood at 25s with Betfair Sportsbook. Um, Usman Khawaja currently the favourite at 11 to 4. He's 47 more runs than Ben Stokes, who's 8 to 1. Um, not entirely sure why Steve Smith is ahead of him at 11 to 2. Uh, Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti, views on this market, please. And any other top bats or bowlers for the series? Richard first, then Paul. Well, uh, well, since McCullum said he won't be going out for beer, beer with them anytime soon, I don't suppose Alex Carey's going to win this, is he? Um, I think Cummins is a knocking bet at four to one. He's probably going to finish as, as leading series wicket taker or very close. Australia are in poor position to win the series anyway. Um, so, so that would give him a big advantage. Would he be the first Australian Ashes winning captain in England since 2001 as well? That's, that's a pretty big deal on the back of the beating India in the world final. And don't forget, Edge Baston, he won, he won them the game with the bat, didn't he? So I think he's in a great position coming. I put him up at eight to one on this show a few weeks ago. So I won't go in again, but I think far to one's fair enough. Okay. Paul, quickly, please. Um, yeah, I've already said Stuart Broad 12 to one outstanding and the stats that you mentioned about top. Run scorers would suggest that Kawaj is not a bad bet before. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, the uh, as discussed, the massive fourth test starts at Old Trafford, Wednesday, July the nineteenth. Full preview on the next cob, so fret not about that. Bet for exchange prices currently: England at two point four eight, favourites marginally um, over Australia at two point five. The draw is four point nine. Um, straight to Inbell. I'm not going to ask you who wins, but who? Does this Old Trafford pitch suit, do you think? Uh, I think out of all the games, I was more concerned about the Old Trafford conditions suiting Australia. Like I said, I thought that last week was perfect. Chris Wokes, I know we had the pace of wood, but the ball moved sideways. That was perfect. This is a little bit different. Old Trafford can be abrasive on the ball. It doesn't swing as much in general. It's hard surface uh, and it will deteriorate and take a bit of spin. So it's a little bit different, not quite the swinging conditions you want to take on Australia. So I think this one is in the balance. And I think out of all the, the surfaces, Australian batters love playing Old Trafford. OK, Hawkins, quick word on those match odds, please. Yeah, that they're irrelevant, really, because when the first inning starts, you know, probably one of those sides is going to go odds on. And as we mentioned earlier with Paul and when doing in play, the side that goes odds on in first innings, uh, it's, just a, it's just a very solid lay because they're too... Teams so well matched, you know, the other team's going to come back. So 
uh, be very, very aware of that um, shortening on that first innings. What a fun sponge you are, Hawkins. <laughs> Let's enjoy it. Um, Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti, uh, give us something to look forward to, please. I'd love to see Anderson playing well back the years, but I think, and we'll have to wait on the weather nearer the time, but if it's good weather, the two championship games played here this year, big first innings runs, and I think Smith and Mitchell Marsh, Marsh will really like this growing up at the Wacker, fast hard pitch, he'll be well up his street. I think those are two guys I'll probably be back in tons. Okay, Paul. Well, I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier about the weather and the light because of the draw coming in. I think we're going to see a very volatile market because we're probably going to get a lot of stop and start on Manchester. Um, and just say that my old system, um, the back both sides at double the odds in running, which is another way of laying the draw, right? Um, that has won all three matches. Now, if you take doing it in this situation, if the odds stay as they are, that means you'd place an order on both sides, England, Australia, at three to one in running. So if one of them wins the match easy, you get a three to one loser. Otherwise, if you get them both matched, you've laid a draw at even money. That seems like a very solid plan. Okay, thank you very much. Lovely stuff. I'm going to press um, you all now, guys, for to, well, to confirm or, or whatever it might be, your, uh, your series scores um, for, for, for the rest of the series. Uh, we've had good looks at these teams now, so there's no excuse. Um, I'm going to ask Ian, you first, please. No, I, I still believe three twos on its way. I think this is the the biggest challenge. Get through this three two is on for the series, no doubt. Bullish, I like it. Um, Richard Mann, two two Bardrow at Old Trafford, uh, defensive pack Cummins, and then England uh, level the series at the other. Paul Christianity, three two Australia. Okay, Hawkins, do you want to have yeah, a say? What Paul said. Okay, okay. Uh, I think four one Australia for what it's worth. Um, as is tradition, the last word from Ian Bell. Uh, maybe give us a flavour of what it's like to be in that England camp at the moment. Uh, must be an extraordinary time to, to be an England player uh, in such a dramatic series, the absolute pinnacle of the game. 100%. This is the time of your life, really, as a player, when you get in series like this. And, and Ashes cricket as well. You know, it's only when you retire you realise how lucky you are when you're in these situations. The pressure is, you know, is, is, a, is an honour, really, to have this opportunity. Um, so they'll be excited. I'm, I'm sure they're looking forward to this sort of a bit of a break, three or four days away. I think Australians are into Europe and doing all sorts of holiday stuff. So as the modern day is, no nets. It's just go and relax, play golf. Uh, and then getting ready for a, what is going to be a massive test match. Um, and as because we're still up north, the food won't be as good as we get to the Oval. So that's I know we spoke about food at Lords and stuff. So it still won't, won't be at the highest level. The Oval will take it back to closer to Lords. But um, yeah, looking forward to a special series and as I said, the privilege that the both teams have got. We're in a special series, actually. The cricket, I think we said, both teams are evenly matched. They're going at each other all the way through. And I don't see this next Test match being any different. OK, thank you very much. Love that, Ian. Um, don't miss Cricket Only Better 203 for that full fourth Test preview. Uh, best bets and a new five-point challenge as well to look forward to. In the meantime, do check out betting.betfair for Ian Bell, um, and Ed Hawkins' analysis on an epic series and Ian's uh, favourite seasonal recipes. Uh, see you next time and um, have a lovely week.